The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown or turnover by Balco Attend Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates and uh, better service. Six and one, Tennessee, four point favorite versus the six and one Texas Tech Red Raiders. ESPN Basketball Power Index has Tennessee winning this thing 67%. You got two teams that are averaging 80 points in the 80-point range. For Texas Tech, they took an L in their last game against Providence. Tennessee took their L November the 20th against Villanova. Right now, Kennedy Chandler is the leading scorer for Tennessee. Um, Slight edge over... Bob, Bob Scovey. Touchdown turnover. Do we see two games in a row where Kenny Chandler leads the Tennessee Volunteers in scoring? Does it continue, Ben? Touchdown turnover. He leads Tennessee in scoring tonight, 7 p.m. I'll say turnover. I think Kennedy's performance put him on watch. And I think he'll be the the focal point of the scouting report for Texas Tech. I, I think he and, and Bob are the focal points <laughs> of Texas Tech's scouting report. And, and don't let Texas Tech not being ranked fool you. They they do have a new head coach after Chris Beard left for Texas. Uh, so did have to deal with some attrition over the offseason. But they're, they're still a good basketball team. Uh, Ken Palm has them as the number 19 team in the country right now, 18th in adjusted defense, 23rd in adjusted offense. He has Tennessee 10th in the country, uh, 3rd in adjusted defense, and 28th in adjusted offense. Uh, so I, I, I'll go – I think Bob is the leading scorer tonight. I, I'm just – I don't know. Maybe I'm being a fool and just, just going to beat that horse until it's dead, but – Santiago, I, I do think, is is Tennessee's best player right now uh, until Kennedy can prove that he's going to be consistent night in and night out. Uh, if if he comes out and balls out against Texas Tech, then maybe I rethink that. But I, I think Santiago is is the best player on this basketball team. I, again, I think the performance against Colorado put Texas Tech on notice for Kennedy Chandler. I, I think he'll be at the top of their scouting report. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how Kennedy plays tonight because I think he's going to have some things thrown at him to, to try to get him off his game. Yeah, I'm going touchdown, man. I think Kennedy is the best basketball player on, on this team. Um, and someone that dominates the basketball like like a point guard, Kennedy Chandler, I mean, there's only so much you can do unless you are going to just straight-up double-team uh, Kennedy and, and force, you know, force him to give it up. And if that's the case, then it's very, very important. That our that our that our passes uh, that we that we're reversing the ball quick, fast, and in a hurry uh, to get Texas Tech out of their rotations 
Um, but if Texas Tech wants to wants to double the ball on, on, on pick and rolls, then they can they can do that. Uh, if you go under the pick and roll, Kennedy can shoot it. If you um, if you don't get over and fight through it, then he'll turn the corner and go downhill, and he's able to finish around uh, the basket. And uh, there's no one on this basketball team that can that can do what Kennedy uh, is able to do with the ball in his hands. I think that um, he follows Saturday's performance, or was it Sunday's performance? Saturday's performance. Uh, I think he follows it up with uh, a leading score and effort. I don't know if he drops tw- you know twenty. You know, five twenty-seven points, but uh, I think I think he will be Tennessee's leading scorer, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Viscovi. He didn't shoot the ball necessarily great. Viscovi. He said it don't matter, man. So I'm going Viscovi. I'm going Viscovi. I'm going Bob. I'm going Santa. He don't care what he's called. He don't care. He's like whatever. But the foul trouble really got him out of rhythm, and um, I think he'll bounce back and. He'll have a good. He'll have a good game. Now you mentioned something about about Texas Tech and Chris Beard leaving to go to Texas. Yeah, that 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 culture. I think some of it is still intact. They're they're tough, man. Like they have a tough red nose pit bull type of mentality, especially especially on defense. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a really really good game. And I agree with you one thousand percent, Ben. Don't let this 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 team not being ranked fool fool you. I mean this 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 could be a a uh, really tough test for for Tennessee, and I love these tests. I love these tests earlier in the season, um, and we need that test as we are approaching, you know, Christmas and you know, conference play uh, at the end of the year because you open it up with Alabama, who's ranked number nine right now. Uh, but you got my, you got I mean, but you got Memphis coming up. You got Arizona, who's ranked eleventh. So. Uh, we're going to know a lot about this basketball team in the next couple of weeks. We learned a lesson about this basketball team on Saturday, uh, getting a 15-point win on the road in that first true road game. But we're going to know a lot um, today. Did we learn a lesson from you know, our uh, neutral site game against Villanova? Did we learn anything from it and come back playing in a neutral site game? A lot goes into playing at the Garden. Like You, like you just feel that cloud of of prestige and history on your shoulders when you walk into the building. Will these guys learn anything from Villanova, and will we see it tonight? I hope so. I hope so as well. And to your point about there still being that Chris Beard footprint in the Texas Tech basketball program, it's – I mean, it it really is still his footprint because all Texas Tech did was promote assistant Mark Adams to the head coach. Mm -hmm. He was the assistant there from 2016 to 2021, which I would assume is the length that Chris Beard was at Texas Tech. I don't know when Chris Beard got to Texas Tech, but I would assume that that matches up. And Mark Adams was with Chris Beard that entire time, and he was just promoted to to head coach after Chris Beard took the Texas job. Chris Beard was there from 2016 to 2021. Bam. And uh, where was Chris Beard before Texas Tech? Uh, UNLV for okay. one season. The reason I ask that is because well, a little bit of a, yeah, one season. Mark Adams, the the new Texas Tech coach, he was already at Texas Tech when Chris Beard got the job. He was the director of basketball operations, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and then got the promotion to assistant coach under Chris Beard, and then is now the head coach. So he's like Eric Sprosta. Yeah. 
the Miami Heat head coach who worked as like a video coordinator and then worked himself up to be being the head coach. So yeah, man, they still have that that Chris Beard mentality. Uh, I remember watching them a couple of years ago when they made their run to uh, the Final Four, and I watched it when they had Mac McClung. And defensively, man, they they still got the same identity. So Mac McClung, glad Tennessee does not have to deal with him today. I know, right? He is a walking bucket. Bucket. <laughs> but I am excited to see what we learn about Tennessee tonight. This whole month, we're going to learn a ton about Tennessee. We we learned learned a little bit about them against Colorado. You'll learn something about them tonight. Hopefully, it'll be positive. The next two games are ho-hum. You're not going to learn a ton in the next two games. They play UNC Greensboro on Saturday at 4.30. UNC Greensboro is 7-2, and two, but it's, it's still UNC Greensboro. And, and looking at their schedule, doesn't really look like they, they've played anybody of significance. And that that's the next game on Saturday. And then next Tuesday night, a week from tonight, they play South Carolina Upstate, who is two and six. And the only cool thing about that game is that Justin Ganey, Tennessee's new assistant coach, his son is a freshman on SC Upstate. And, and that game will be played next Tuesday. But after that, you got Memphis and Nashville. Memphis, 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 Memphis. You see that old Miss Maine. Twitter post? Oh, yeah. Great, <laughs> great social media Twittering by Ole Miss. Memphis, Maine. That was hilarious. But you get Memphis on the 18th, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Memphis at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. The game after that, on the 22nd, the Wednesday before Christmas weekend, you get undefeated, number 11, Arizona. And then after Christmas, the first game is at number 9, Alabama, to start SEC play. So four out of the next six. And really, if you include... There's seven games Tennessee is playing this month, and five of them are against legitimate competition. Colorado, Texas Tech, Memphis, Memphis, Maine, Arizona, and Alabama. So going to learn a lot about Tennessee this month, and I, I think we'll get a better feel for this basketball team heading into to January and conference play after this month. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be good, positive vibes. Hope, hopefully they can pull a Memphis Grizzlies the the good basketball team in the city of Memphis and just lead wire to wire for five straight games that the Grizzlies have not trailed in in five straight games they're they're on a five game winning streak and they've led wire to wire have not trailed once in every single one of those games maybe, maybe the Vols can, good, can do that Kennedy Chandler's got a little Memphis in them yeah, hey. I can't wait to see Kennedy Chandler against Memphis man it's gonna, I, it's gonna mean a little bit more to yes. Kennedy and, and Hopefully he'll be able to emotionally wrangle it in mm-hmm. and and not let it get to him. But I I am so excited for that basketball game because it feels like Tennessee is just a crocodile that's being fed bloody chicken meat. What a crocodile? Where did that come from? I I was trying to think of an animal that that <laughs> like eats eats meat what, and wait, what? so like a gator. Yeah, but I said crocodile. Well, and and the real reason I said a, a 
crocodile is because my wife last night showed me a video of of this crazy guy that walking up on the in the water feeding it, it, feeding, feeding you it. saw that video too I did see it. and my wife was like i didn't know it could move that fast oh yeah well, she, she, they look to the ground, man. I know. They, they're like a little bowling ball. She'll like be doing that stuff. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> you got them short feet, man. You're faster. Like Tyon. 865-255-03. I just, but I, I want Tennessee to be like a lion in there, that game. There you that, go. That's, that's about to be fed. Be a lion. There what you about go. A, would a tiger apply? Can, can, can the Vols be the tigers that day and just go all in on the bloody meat? That, that's being fed to them because that's what it feels like it is. Like Tennessee is this predator and, and they're just being fed just a bunch of meat and they're just about to just ravage it. Gosh, I hope I hope Tennessee tears Memphis apart. Oh, I hope I hope Rick just balls up his fist while he's coaching and just I hope he just looks at Penny at some point during the game and shakes his fist at him. I, I just hope we get a sarcastic jab from Rick. You I think hope, we will? I don't think we will. I, I hope he's petty. I hope Kennedy Chandler's – I hope Kennedy Chandler has a slick little comment. Uh, Vaughn Mississippi says, does a question mark at quarterback at Ole Miss cause Zach Evans to question things there? Hopefully we won't have a question at, uh, at quarterback and Hooker comes back. I think that will help us with some offensive guys. This is, what I, this is how I would think. If I am Zach Evans, if I am – you know, a quarterback coming in, let's say, you know, Hendon leaves. Like, I am looking at the offensive line. That's important for me. Especially for a running back. I need protection. I need y'all to make me look good. I would not want to go to a situation where the offensive line is not going to be good. I don't want that at all. You want an example? How about Saquon Barkley, who was a second pick of the New York Giants? What years? What year was that? In the year two. It feels like he's been with the Giants ten years. It does feel like he's been there. Probably not that long. I'd say around fifteen, sixteen. But he's been. My goodness. When was his rookie year? Eighteen. Oh. So 18, yeah, I know, right? You said freshman at Penn State, right? No, no, no. His rookie season, 2018. Y'all, has he done anything yet? No, he hasn't done anything yet because he plays behind a terrible offensive line, and he has played behind a terrible offensive line his entire career on top of not being able to stay healthy. We will never know how great Saquon Barkley really is as long as he plays with the New York Giants. They do not block well up front. The good news is that I believe his his deal is up after this year, either this year or next year. Uh, First-round guys usually sign five- or six-year deals. Six? Yeah. yeah. He signed a four-year, $31 million deal. So 18, 19, 20. 21. That's so this a, should be his last year. That's a great deal. Now, I don't know if there's a, a team option or a player. That, now, that's usually where the fifth and sixth year comes from is, is it's, a, it's a team option or a player option. That is a great deal. So that's, that's my point about uh, – Bears point could of, use a running back. 
No, we need offensive line. I so you're telling me you would not take Saquon Barkley? I want offensive line. I, you can address both over the offseason. If Saquon Barkley was like, hey, I want to go to the Bears. Hey, Justin, hook, hook me up. You'd be like, nah, I'm good. It's Saquon Barkley. I want, I want He's a beast. You can address both. Mm-mm. Yes. Why can't you? Why can't you address both? What do you think of Andy Dalton throwing four interceptions on Saturday, Sunday? Trash, isn't he? He's trash. He's not the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, Andy Dalton. The game before that, he had like 300 and almost 400 yards passing. Did they win? Who they play? I think that was a Lions. Yeah. Was that the Thanksgiving game? Mm-hmm. Good for Andy Dalton getting a, a win over the he's Lions. A, something a, uh, the Steelers could do this year. He's a solid backup. He Something Mason Rudolph could not do, beat the Lions. Yeah, he's a solid, solid backup. He's a solid backup. Trash Andy backup. Dalton. Um, but anyways, my point about, about Swickle and Barkley – Making an example of Zach Evans. I mean, Zach Evans, when you are running back, you have a choice of, of you know, he's in the portal. He has his choice of, of multiple schools. I think one of the factors for him has to be offensive line. At least it would be for me if I was him. I don't want to go to a place where I'm not going to get any any protection running the football. The tempo can only do so much. You still got to move, folks. Now, um you do have some, you know, players coming back. You got Jerome Carvin coming back, and um, you got the whole left side of the line. I mean, you got four or five guys coming back. I, I think that should be pretty attractive. Now, I don't, I don't think Tennessee's. You ha- you have to be nuanced in in the offensive line conversation, in, in my opinion. You, you just the the overall offensive line room is is not that great because the the moment somebody gets hurt. You're in a in a really tough spot. We learned that several times this year, but the starting five this year was was pretty solid, if if not good at times. I I think it was pretty solid. Darnell Wright had an outstanding season, in my opinion. Uh, Jerome Carvin had a had a good year. Cooper was, was up and down because of his injury. Javante Spragans was up and down, but I thought that was more because of of youth mm-hmm. more than him. He'll be a year older. He'll be a, a junior. Jerome Carvin will be a fifth-year guy. Uh, Cooper will be a junior. Darnell Wright will be a senior, four years of, of college football. Um, I think that's attractive. I, I think I, I don't think Tennessee's offensive line is just going to go out and bulldoze people next year. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a great offensive line, but I, I think it's going to be more than serviceable if it can stay healthy because if it doesn't, like it didn't this year, then that's when you run into problems. I think this past year should should be and will be the worst situation for this coaching staff because it's a situation that you inherited. You didn't have much time to, to, to move a lot of parts around and to hit the transfer portal and to recruit. I think it should be uphill from here on out with the offensive line. So, like, this past year was year zero for the offensive line? <laughs> year one. <laughs> <laughs> Year one. I like those offensive line pieces returning, right? I do too. Carvin, Mays, Spragans. It's just don't feel good about right tackle right now and and don't at all feel good about the depth behind them. Yeah, man. Anything can happen, man. Anything, Anything is possible. possible. They need to go ahead and get a tackle in the, in the portal. I know that much. Because even the, the four offensive linemen 
that they're signing, I don't really anticipate them to to have an immediate impact. I think the only one that's possible is is Addison Nichols. As for Brian Grant and Mo Clipper and Masai Reddick, I mean, I, I think they're more developmental guys than than guys that can come in and, and play right away. So it's not like they're they're receiving immediate help from from this recruiting class. And, and I don't really see any guys, youngsters in the offensive line room now or guys that have been here that are really going to step up and – I mean, maybe Dane Davis can, can really develop into a solid right tackle. Uh, maybe Jeremiah Crawford can as, as well. But I, I think you've got to go out and add a, a tackle from the portal. And Austin Price dropped on Volquest last night that they're, they're looking at Tayshawn Manning from Auburn potentially. Uh, there's some ties there. Now, what's weird about that, though, is Manning is is more of a guard, has been more of a guard at Auburn. Last name Manning? Yeah, Manning. Oh. He'd be a stud here, right? Easy. But I, I think Tennessee needs a I think Tennessee needs to go out and get a tackle from the portal. I think they'll be I think tackle will be okay. I think they'll be taken care of. Hope so. Yeah, me too. Are we hearing any more opt-outs for us? I saw Purdue's big player announced sitting out their 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 receiver. I like how y'all spell Purdue. Just so disrespectful. I love it. How are people spelling spelling it? I have not seen this. Um, instead of hold on, instead of spelling it P U R D. U-E, which is Purdue University, people are spelling it. Like Mountain Dew? Hmm? Like P-U-R-D-E-W? Mountain Dew. Well, like Dew, D-E-W, is that how they're spelling no, 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 the no. Dew part of Purdue? No, no, no. Not like that. Uh, P-E-R-D-U-E, <laughs> which is the company of uh, the, the, the process of chicken. So when you go to the grocery store and you buy Purdue chicken, it's spelled that way. So is that your go-to chicken? Nah, whatever chicken looks good, smells well, good, and, and it's on sale. cheapest. <laughs> looks good, smell good, on sale. But can you trust chicken that's on sale? I'd, I'd be a little weary of it. Yeah, if it looks good. It, <laughs> it good. looks good. It smells good. Yeah, you can tell. You can look at it and see. You can tell what's chicken is good or not. And you smell it too. 865-255-03. Be right back. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10 right here. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, 
make you feel good. Go to martinelsondenim.com. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Voted Best Barbecue in City View Magazine and a Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in the Country, Dead End is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering and local delivery with Valet Gourmet. That's right, you can have Dead End brought to you. Can't think of the spread for your next event? Get Dead End to cater it. Check them out online, deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Key Jason Swain, Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Live here from the Low T Center Studio. Hour number two is brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Follow them on Twitter at TNAction247. Use the promo code Swain Event. 
New customers. This applies to you. This is just for you, new customers. 100% match on your first deposit up to $400. Again, that is Action 247. Download their app. Get started today. We got Purdue, P-U-R-D-O-O. That's the one I prefer because they doo-doo, <laughs> doo-doo Ball. brown. Air Force Ball said it should be Purdue, spelled the same way. Uh, ATL VFL says Kate said that R.J. Perry was doing well. Yes, but not somebody that you can just count on going into next season until he proves himself. Jamel, yes. The brother went to Louisville. Talking about Tyon Evans. That's all Jamel said. That's all he said. Um, Steeler Vall says, show me the big uglies. This staff needs to show they can recruit. Shouldn't be fighting ECU, Mississippi State, and getting beat by Kentucky. Need O-line, D-line and backers. Stop getting pumped up about three stars that were going to Mississippi State. So, according to Steeler, we should not be happy when a player decides to come to Tennessee. Well, the the ECU dig is obviously referencing Caleb Webb. And Caleb Webb did decommit from ECU, but Tennessee isn't fighting ECU. He's picking between Tennessee, Michigan. (laughs) Who's playing in the college football playoff. And Louisville. Okay. He is, I mean, he's, he's not a, a bona fide big-time recruit coming out of high school. He's 1,000% not that, but it's just inaccurate to say that Tennessee's fighting ECU for him. He loved the coaches at ECU when, when he committed to them back in June when they were his, his only offer, one of, one of his only options. And it, it took him a while to – He's. It's been in the works for him to decommit for months now. He just didn't do it out of respect for the ECU coaches until he, he kind of knew for sure what he wanted to do, and like go watch his film, of balling in the Atlanta area during his senior season and tell me he's not a good football player. So so I I don't I don't get that dig. It's just not true to be quite frank. Mississippi State and Kentucky. Last time I checked, Kentucky just won nine football games. Mississippi State won eight games. It's not like you're you're trying to beat out Mississippi State when it fired Joe Moorhead or or Kentucky when it was under Joker Phillips and where'd Javante Payton come from? Mississippi State. Oh, okay. Well, I mean Steeler Steeler Vols comment is a classic example of delusion right now. I mean I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be honest here. It's it's what I just what we just talked about. Of what this coaching staff will need to do that's different than what German Pruitt did in their approach, which was swing for Alabama, Georgia caliber recruits. And we loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go battle. Go battle those guys toe-to-toe. And then you lost them. You lost those battles. You came in second. And then the guys that you were slow playing went to Kentucky. They went to Mississippi State. They went to Texas A&M. They went to Auburn. They went to these other schools, 
and they developed, and boom, they're first-round picks like J.C. Horn. Oh, you wanted the DB from California, the five-star, but you had J.C. Horn right there in your back pocket, but he wasn't fast enough for you. You didn't want him. And then he went to South Carolina, and he's the first cornerback off the board years later. So I'm glad Steeler Vall said that. I ain't getting on him. I ain't mad that he said it, but it, I'm glad that he said it because we all need to understand where we are. We need to have a clear understanding. Some of us are delusional about where we currently are. This is not the early 2000s. This is not even the mid-2000s when we recruited at a high level. Mid-2000s, fighting for a kid in Kentucky, Mississippi State. But these are battles you have to win first. Mississippi State was one, of, was one of the best teams in the SEC, along with Kentucky. You have to win these battles first. Pruitt tried to skip a step. You have to take the same approach that Rick Barnes took when he got here. You got to identify, evaluate, recruit, develop. You have to do all of those things and do it well. Then you get to graduate to the next level, which is, all right, let's go win some battles against Georgia and, and Alabama and Ohio State. But you can't, you can't skip steps here. And that's what Pruitt and Company tried to do. So this is where we are, Steeler Vol. I'm glad you mentioned that on the text box because I think we need to have an understanding about what we have to do. You can't skip steps here. Squirrel White's a three-star. Should should Tennessee not take him? I mean, Alabama and Georgia wants him, but should, should Tennessee not take him because he's a three-star? In Tennessee, be I won't say lucky, but I'll be fortunate. I'll say fortunate if he comes to Tennessee. Uh, yes. I mean, we 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 should throw a parade if three three-star Squirrel White decides to come to Tennessee. So yes, because he is not actually. A three-star. I think Volville says it perfectly here on the text box. This current class is the perfect class to rebuild a program. High character, hardworking, talented, but developmental. He loves this class. And, I mean, I, that, that's what I see as well. It's, it's not a class that is going to win Tennessee an SEC championship, a national championship, or, or get them to the playoffs. But Tennessee's not in a position, as you just detailed, Swain, to go out and get a class that is SEC championship and national championship level worthy. It is unreasonable to expect Josh Heupel to, to go out there and, and have a top five recruiting class this year. Unreasonable. After the offseason that he had to deal with, after the NCAA investigation that bled into the, into the season with the potential of a bowl ban that he had to deal with on the recruiting trail, it's just unreasonable to, to expect – just a class full of, of four and, and five stars. That's why, dude, that's why Billy Napier said what he said, which I have no problem with, with what he said because it was true. It was accurate, and it was pretty transparent and honest. He just got there in Florida, and he's like, guys, probably ain't going to be doing that next week. Even the big brand name Florida 
They're probably not going to be doing that this week. Because there's, he can't. There's levels. He, t- he took over a mess. It's, it, it's just – this class, as I've said several times over the last week or so, it's, it's not going to please the stargazers. But also believe that you're being a simpleton, quite frankly, if you are just looking at the stars. A, Tennessee's not in a position to go out and get a bunch of four and five stars. They have to go out and identify guys that they think that they can develop into good SEC football players. And that's what they have done. They, they believe that they are getting guys that, that they can develop into good SEC football players. And in two to three years, we'll see whether they were right or wrong in their evaluations. How do people feel about this scenario? Listen, I'm not saying that it happens or it doesn't happen. But I'm presenting this scenario to see how you feel since so much of your emotion is affected by stars. So what if the recruiting service is A, Says, huh, let's look at our, our, our subscriptions here. And which fan base is the most active that we profit the most from? Oh, it's school A. Probably want to make school A happy. Oh, here's some here's a list of 20 guys. A lot of them are three stars. Here's his national ranking. They're in 20s. How about we give everybody a little bit of bump? Let's get this team in the teens. Let's get this team in the teens because now those subscribers will be happy and they'll stay with us and we'll get more subscribers. That sounds like pretty easy to do. And what if it's done without any type of thought, effort, going back and evaluating the film, actually seeing that, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, this guy actually got better. Oh, yeah, man, he's he improved, man, with this camp and showed out. Yeah, he went to this showcase and, and beat out a four-star, a five-star player. Like, oh, what man, we 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 saw we see the improvement. That's one thing. But what if none of that is done? We just say, hey man, this school, man, analytics say this school, man, they really, they really bring it, man, with those subscriptions. So let's make sure that this team is at least in the top 15. Let's make sure this team is at least in the top 10. And then here's the sheep. Yeah! We're in top 15! Yeah! We're in top 10! Oh, did you see where he got a bump? Three-star to a four-star. Yeah! I wasn't happy when he committed two weeks ago because he's a three-star, but now I'm happy now. Like, what sense does that make? I'm not happy about a three-star now, but if he gets a bump in two weeks, then I'll be happy because he'll be a four-star. Have you ever stopped to think, how in the hell did he get the four-star? Was it done with with good intentions? Was it genuine? Or did you just give him a little bump? Because Tennessee fans eat this stuff up. Listen, I'm not saying it happens because I don't know for sure, but I'll be surprised if it hasn't happened. In the 20-something years that we've seen, you know, we've seen recruiting services, I'll be surprised if it has not happened in 20 years. Oh, it's happened. So this is why I say take the stuff with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm with 
Where is it on the? I'm with the Cashville Vol. I wish they would get rid of the star ratings. I'm with it, and I realize I, I somewhat work for a recruiting service. I, I work somewhat. for well, I work for VolQuest. I'm not I'm not a Rivals employee, but I understand that I am mm-hmm. still tied with with Rivals, um, and, and what they do does impact me. But technically, I work for VolQuest, not Rivals. I work for Print Hubs, but I, I do somewhat wish that they would just get rid of the star ratings because that's what everybody's opinion is solely based off of of the ratings because that's the only thing that they know when it comes to these football players it's the only thing that these know that these the, the fans know that we know that they're not sitting around their computer evaluating high school film every single day like the coaches are and formulating their own opinions on said players i i do kind of wish that <laughs> the star ratings would did not exist. And again, I know that sounds crazy because of, of my other job that I have, but it, it just creates a narrative that isn't true sometimes and creates opinions that, that just aren't true either. You can't, you know, dog in Vol Country, Vol in Dog Country says, uh, you know, Cedric Tillman was a two star, turned out good. Yeah, that's, that, 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 that's true. But. You can't take a class of Cedric Tillman's. No. You can't take a class of guys that were on the brink of being walk-on players in the Pac-12. They can't do that. We're talking about an entire class. Like, If you have individuals here and there, based on your current roster, based on your current depth in your receiver meeting room, like you didn't need Cedric Tillman to come in and be the guy his freshman year. So he had time to develop and learn – behind guys who are now playing in the NFL. So comparing one individual who was given a two-star, three-star is different than talking about a team class. Excuse me, uh, you know, a class, an entire class for 2021 season. So my point is, like, Tennessee – is going to finish in the teens. It always happens that way. It's good for business for Tennessee to finish in the teens, unless Tennessee really knocks it out of the park, and then they'll finish in the top ten and top five. And all of it doesn't matter. You still got to develop them. You still got to coach them. You still have to do these things. So that's what I'm saying. Just take it with a grain of salt. I just stop I just, getting so emotional over these star ratings. Stop, stop putting, stop, like, stop putting your all of your emotions and your opinion and how you feel solely on the star system. Do yourself a favor and just Google the kid's name and click videos and go watch them a little bit. Just watch them a little bit, and then and then. But I don't, I don't want to. I'm just tired of having this conversation. I am too. That's why I'm about to move on. All the time. We have it multiple times throughout the offseason. We, we've had it here lately because of Tennessee's lack of success in recruiting. We, we've had it towards signing day. We'll have it numerous times over this upcoming offseason. And, and Steeler Vol comes back with uh, other, other teams being ranked. North Carolina. Up there at eight, Stanford at ten, Florida State at eleven, Missouri at thirteen. 
And, and like Missouri, he puts in all caps. And, and like Eli Drinkwitz has been in a better situation to go recruit than Josh Heupel. Like, yeah, he's at Missouri, but Missouri, even little old Missouri, has been in a better situation to go recruit than Tennessee because of the NCAA investigation, because of Josh Heupel taking over in February. Like, Josh Heupel hasn't had a, a, a fair crack at things this recruiting cycle. If, if he barely finishes with a top 25 class next cycle, then I will be concerned. But this cycle, he was <clears throat> behind the eight ball. And, I mean, I, I even think that's being generous. I mean, he, he was so far behind in, in this recruiting class. This, this coaching staff was so far behind that, that they didn't really get a fair shot. And now they are going to finish with a, a top 20, top 25 class, which is, is pretty remarkable if you want to look at the class rankings. The, they, they're being forced to, to take guys that, that they're going to have to develop when they get here. Like, Josh Heupel is going to recruit fine at Tennessee. I just, I'm so tired of having this conversation every single offseason, multiple times, and all the time around signing day. You know why Missouri got the, you know why Missouri is ahead of Tennessee right now? How many commits because do they one have? One player. Uh, they, they the, got the, the receiver. They got the five, one five star receiver that's right there from East St. Louis. That's why they got the, that's why they got the bump. And last time I checked, Tennessee. Beat the dog, who almost cussed. They beat the dog mess out of Missouri. Well, then, so the, and here's always my my final thought on on the whole star rankings, class rankings. Are we really going to take the advice and evaluation of of, of a recruiting service over a a head coach over? position coaches like I, I'm, I'm sorry but Josh Heupel's opinion on a quarterback on a receiver weighs more for me than anybody out there whether they work for a recruiting service or not like I'm sorry Rodney Garner is the one that that is signing off on defensive linemen that are being brought in Jordan Phillips is a three-star defensive tackle from North Florida you don't think Rodney Garner signed off on him? I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm taking Rodney Garner's evaluation seriously. And, and if, if Rodney Garner thinks he can play, I'm going to think the kid can play as well. Darren Agu, the, the kid we talked about yesterday who's from, from northeast Georgia and committed to Vanderbilt. Everybody's freaking out about him being committed to Vanderbilt, and I get it. Like, like Swain was talking about yesterday, it's hard to see that logo next to his name. But he had a heck of a senior season, and Rodney Garner – was sold on his senior season. I'm sorry, but I'm taking Rodney Garner's evaluation over anybody. We can't sit here and, and hype up Rodney Garner for being one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, but then doubt his evaluations on the recruiting trail. I got something else for you, and then we got to move on for real. Did y'all know this? That recruiting directors at these pay sites – they get input from the school's recruiting department? No comment. So, oh, 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 let me unzip my jacket a little bit. Let me, let me get some room. Let me unzip my jacket. Did you know that recruiting directors of a certain region talk to schools, recruiting department, to try to... Match their paper 
with the school's paper to make sure that they have the right answers. That goes on too. Because I remember when Bart Simmons was at 247 and he said on this very program that part of the evaluation process is getting feedback from coaches. Tell me this, man. Taven Jackson, has he always been a four-star? Nope. Oh, oh, man. Ain't that coincidence? He he commits, and then he just got better all of a sudden. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? He he just he got better the moment he committed. Without having played a game. Ain't that crazy how this stuff works, man? So please, I'm trying to help y'all out here. Just just relax, man. Don't 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 take this stuff too serious. Use it as a point of reference. You know, don't make it life or death. It, don't make it absolute. Don't make it your final answer. Just take it with a grain of salt. Like these the scouting directors, they get advice and input on players from the coaches. Two. All right. I need Tylenol. Where, now, where's the Tylenol? Now we're moving on, man. I feel like Clark Griswold. Where's the Tylenol? Now, now we're moving on, man. Now we need now, – now folks mind blown. What? They get input from the coaches? <laughs> now, now it's over. Now, it's, now y'all really going to be questioning uh, these recruiting services. Yeah, they do. They do. They, they get stuff from the, from the coaches too. All right, 865-255-03. Let me get to the phones. We got Jay. Jay, good morning. Swain, good morning, man. What's up, man? You know, we we also had a coach, previous coach, that couldn't evaluate talent, number one, in my opinion, and thought that all Tennessee players were just trash, which is ridiculous. And and I think that really hurt us too in terms of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thought and, all players uh, not from Memphis was trash. Yeah, yeah, which was just crazy. I mean, you got a, you know, you mean the Harper, the two Harper boys from Carnes that start for Oklahoma State's defense couldn't play for us right now and help us. I mean, Dev, Devin Harper would be our starting linebacker easily, yeah. easily. Well, he would be. Yeah, and I and I'm not saying the guy's an all world player, but my God, we could use his help right now. I know that. Well, uh, well, well the point is, Jay, because there's a lot of people in the text box that keep mentioning like individual players. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, Kenny Pickett was a three star. Like, you know, it's it's about a class. So mm-hmm. you can't go get a class of Cedric Tillman's. You can't go get a class of, of Kenny Pickett's. You can't go get a class of developmental players that will be good for you in year three. You can't do that. You got to have a mm-hmm. mix. You have to have a mix of Ramon Fosters, who who didn't have to play early in his career, and then you have to have a a guy like Eric Berry who can come in and play right now. You got to have a and I use myself as an example. You got to have a Jason Swain that's ready to play right now, and then you can go out and get a receiver like Cedric Tillman that. You, he doesn't have to play right now. He can sit behind Callaway and Jennings, and then when he does play, oh boy, you you can't take a class of these individual players that y'all are mentioning on the text box. We're no. talking, yeah, that's, no, that's, that, that's 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 the point. I want to make sure we like really hammer home here. Y'all comparing I, I apples think, and oranges. 
I think why players get so down, like you take Caleb Webb, for example, you know, he, he he's probably going to have to develop, but, you know, there's not a lot of four and five stars that are six foot four and run a 10, five, six in the hundred meter dash. You know, those are things that you can't teach. And, and even yeah. he is, he was committed to ECU back in mm-hmm. June before he saw his recruitment blow up. And even now he's ranked a four star now. A top 200 player. Man, I want to – that's magical. That's just he, look, started getting offers from Tennessee and, and Michigan and, and Louisville and man, these Power great, 5 man. schools, and, and, and now he's now he's a, All of a, sudden. a top 200 player and a four-star. But, but, guys, remember last year when COVID hit and there was no camps, there was no combines, there was no showcases, and it hurt these kids so much. And think about the kids on the West Coast that didn't, didn't even have football. When you had players trying to move to the East Coast, to the South, to try to play football because they didn't have film. They're still these kids are still being affected from that. They're still being affected from that. So there's going to be players who are who are not evaluated early in the process, like others, like a Caleb Webb, and then they're going to blow up, and then voila, three star turns to a four star like magic. Just like Christian Harrison, the the son of Rodney Harrison was a, a two-star committed to Liberty. And on the cuff, you would think, man, why, why, is, why is Tennessee taking a two-star committed to, to Liberty? Well, now he's a three-star. And you know why? Because over the last two months, he's picked up offers from Florida, from Tennessee, Nebraska, Auburn, Missouri, Virginia Tech, Utah, West Virginia, Georgia Tech, on a, on and on and on. Purdue, Maryland, all these Power Five offers, and then now now his rankings going up. Well, Man. Ben, you mentioned you, you mentioned Utah. Uh, I saw where basically Utah, Kyle Winningham, nobody gets more out of like nobody. They said that's the best program for player development because and how they would judge it basically and and honestly, we were one of the worst um, because they judge it by the number of four, five, and three stars you get, and then how many guys you're sending to the league, to the NFL. And basically, you know, Utah doesn't get a bunch of four and five stars, but the number of players that they send to the NFL based off a bunch of two and three stars is remarkable. He's an awesome coach. Um, Yeah, I mean, they really develop those kids. And they, I mean, they have a great – and then we were up there, we got a bunch of four and five stars, and we haven't been sending anybody to the league. You know, yes. we were on the opposite end of that. Because and, Tennessee was getting the wrong four and five stars. Mm-hmm. Guys that, that didn't really deserve to be a four and five stars, but because they were, previous coaches were offering them and, and bringing mm-hmm. them in to to hype up the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. I just think at the end of the day, you got to get the right guy for your program. But you I definitely think you have to uh, – it's weird, man. It's weird. You got to get the right guy for the program, but you also got to be up there in terms of your overall team ranking, like you were saying, Swain. Yes. You can't just have a bunch of Cedric Tillmans. You got to right. have some dudes in there too, and yep. it's it's a balance. But I, you know, there's a lot of really good two stars and three stars. They're going to play NFL football, and if you can identify these some of these guys like Rodney Garner and like y'all were saying, you're going to get a really good football player. Yep. So, just spin. That's Y'all it. hang in there. Thanks, man. Thanks. If it was year two, or oh, not even year two, I say year three, year four, 
and and Tennessee was fighting to get into the top twenty five, then I would have a completely different tune. But it's it's year one. Tennessee football has been through hell the last year, and and Josh Heupel has been so far behind the eight ball that quite frankly I think he's right where he should be, if not doing better than what he should be for this first recruiting class, given all the circumstances he's had to deal with. Yeah, just because Tennessee beat you know South Carolina and Kentucky and Purdue. Not Purdue, but uh, Missouri doesn't mean that like the floodgates are opening up and like all these kids don't want to come to Tennessee. All the kids that can go to Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M, it's not like they all like just are knocking down Tennessee's door to, to come here now. Like we still got work to do. We're not at that level yet, and I think people need to understand there's still work to do. There, what happened was good. It makes it easier. But still got a lot of work to do. And that we are still in the Rick Barnes first season or two or three uh, mode of recruiting. But that's okay. You have a system that that's unique. Um, obviously, you are, are developing and using guys. You did that in your first year. It just has to continue. You have to, you have to prove that it's just not a one-year flash in the pan situation that is something that that can be counted on hour three coming up stay with us